Hello, this is Gary Van Warmerdam. This is the Awareness and Consciousness Podcast from PathwayToHappiness.com. One or two announcements to start. First of all, this is also Gerard Van Warmerdam. If you've seen some emails by me, that is my legal name. And so you're just as likely to see Gerard Van Warmerdam as Gary Van Warmerdam. So don't let that confuse you. In this podcast, I want to talk about fear, something I said that I would discuss early in the year, and we'll get to that in a moment. Recently, last month, had quite a wonderful four-day trip to Zion with a number of people. It went so well. The feedback was so good. I'm going back and taking people who would like to go at the end of October. It'll be an event. Same as last time, beginning on Thursday evening, finishing Sunday at noon. You can check the events page on my website, pathwaytohappiness.com, to find out the details. There are other events in July, Summer of Life Celebration in Northern California, Marin, about an hour north of San Francisco, Journey to Mexico in October as well. That one is more of an intensive journey where we spend a week doing process and ceremony work. What I'm essentially covering in these podcasts about fear, what the specific resistances are to letting go of fear, which makes a whole lot more room to live in a state of love and happiness if you can do the get rid of the fear part. I am not necessarily walking you through to the other side of fear. But in these Awareness and Consciousness podcasts, if you come to see your different resistances to letting go of fear, and you dissolve all your resistances to letting go of fear, the actual dismantling of your fears is pretty easy. It's the resistance to letting go or living without fear that's rather challenging. Overcome the resistance and the rest is easy. These podcasts are not intended to give you all the steps and exercises to change all the emotions of your life. Largely, this is a background information format and the actual steps, the what to do, what do I go do steps for changing your beliefs, overcoming emotional reactions, Awakening to love and how to be happy. Those specific steps and exercises are in the self-mastery course on my website. The first few exercises are free so that you can sample the material and see if it makes sense for you, if it works for you. And then go on if you choose. There's this saying, quote, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. I have yet to make any sense of that. Nothing to fear but fear. As if we should be afraid of an emotion. And what are emotions but our own creation? So this is to say we should be afraid of our own creation. I have yet to see where fear is a good advisor. 
I've seen many, many, many places where fear is a poor advisor. And I'll break this down a little bit more to make my point. So this nothing to fear but fear itself is close, closer to the truth, pointing to a truth. But this idea that we should be afraid of fear The premise there is that fear is good. Fear is something that you should do and you should have. And if I talk to people about letting go of their fears, very often this is the argument they give. Aren't fears helpful? And they give some kind of example. And fears are helpful. They are helpful in survival situations that are fight or flight. But outside of that, not so helpful. But we point to those fight or flight, those visceral physical experiences, and we extrapolate and expand on that assumption And we assume fear is good because it heightens our awareness to danger, to possible consequences, that then we can avoid these things that might harm us, hurt us, or go against us. If we look at fear that way, fear appears to be good. It's an ally. can prevent us from harm or hurt. However, that's not really what's happening. Fear lights up our emotional body, heightens our awareness. We pay closer attention. And it is through awareness and paying closer attention that we can avoid the potholes or the dangers that might cause us harm or hurt. And this heightened awareness is what can prevent the hurt, but not the fear. The fear is only a trigger that leads to awareness that can avoid pain. But it is not fear that is helpful. Fear can just as much be blinding. It is the awareness that prevents the pain. Awareness or scrutinizing and paying closer attention. That is what is helpful. And that is something you can have without the fear. You don't need to be afraid to avoid pain or potentially harmful situations. What you need is awareness. Let me give you an example. People like to defend their fears and say, no, they're useful, they keep me from getting hurt. When we're little, we learn to be afraid of cars, we learn to be afraid to play in the street. And maybe it's not even so much to be afraid of cars or to play in the street. We might be more afraid of how mom or dad might yell at us or punish us for going out into the street, getting our ball or whatever the reason is, and getting too close to traffic. Their fear becomes our fear. Our fear becomes 
a way to pay closer attention. And then what we do is we learn the rules. We learn the rules of when you cross the street, where you cross the street, how you cross the street, when you don't, how you don't, when you don't. We learn to cross the street at crosswalks. We learn to wait for the green light, the walk signal. We learn to make sure that traffic is stopped, that the driver sees us. We pay attention to all these details. Then we cross the street. A very dangerous street at times even we might work our way up to. And today, once we've become adults, I'm assuming that the people listening to this aren't four years old, we feel very comfortable and safe crossing streets or busy roads, and yet we are not afraid. Fear led to paying attention, which led to learning the rules by which traffic operates and pedestrians operate within traffic. And because we're in agreement on this, and we assume everybody else is in agreement on this, we feel safe. And now the structure of agreements of how people will interact and treat each other in traffic can replace fear. And the thing that happens, though, when we think about breaking these rules and how things should operate, when we think about breaking the rules, we can't potentially go to fear. We can't potentially feel afraid for not following all the rules of what we should and shouldn't do. And this is a big problem. Because in our life, we create a lot of rules. And we become afraid of changing them or doing anything different. These patterns of rules are about money, about our relationships, about love, about what we should and shouldn't do, about career, how we need to impress people. All the things we should and shouldn't do is our own little internal library of rules about the traffic of life and we become afraid of breaking them. We become afraid of doing anything different than the whole set of rules in our minds say we should do. Let me share with you how we can break rules and still not be afraid. You see, we're really not afraid to break the rules of traffic because we've been around it so long and we understand the patterns, what works, what doesn't work about traffic. We aren't afraid to cross sometimes when it says don't walk. There's no cars, there's no traffic. Or if it's a one-way street, there's no cars in that direction. The street's narrow versus wide. You see, we've learned to look at all these variables that aren't even part of the rules, such as what time of day is it? Is it dark? Do I have a dark color on? Do I have a light color on? Does the driver see me? How fast does traffic move? How fast can I move? How wide is the street? How much time will it take? All those variables get calculated. 
in our mind in a split second, literally in an unconscious way, but we are aware of them. We see the opportunity. We perceive the environment, and we can perceive when it's safe, and we'll cross the street against all the rules. But that's because we have an awareness. We see the patterns. We know what will work and what won't work. And when we have that awareness, we can go further and do more and be more creative than if we just live by the rules. Scientists break the rules when they come up with new theories. Artists break the rules when they come up with new ways to express themselves. Picasso broke the rules. The Beatles broke the rules. Elvis broke the rules. Architects break the rules. Create new structures. Christopher Columbus broke the rules. Going beyond the limits of what convention says should and shouldn't. This requires that we go beyond fear. Because the structure of so many of those rules, whether they're in society or whether they're just in our mind, you could call them agreements, beliefs, of how we're supposed to live, how other people should live, there is a fear of doing something different. You know, in the very obvious places, those fears are like, well, if I fall in love with a relationship, I'll, I'll just get hurt. There's a fear an assumed pain and a certain if this then that outcome if I do this then this painful thing will happen if I invest in this stock I'll probably lose money if I sell this stock I'll lose money a fearful outcome we can be afraid of a stock going up and missing the investment, we can be afraid of investing the money in the stock going down. We can be afraid in both directions, and so we do neither. Taking no action is still an action. It's a fearful action, very much. Very often, it's a fearful inaction, but it's still an action. Doing nothing is still a doing. Being afraid of someone rejecting you when you ask them out. The structure in your mind of what will happen are the rules. The logic of, oh, he'll probably say this or she'll probably think that and then this will happen and we imagine this scenario of some painful outcome and therein is what we're afraid of even though it only happened in our imagination. And those are our rules. The question is, do we continue to live within the constraints of that fear or not? And it looks like if you leave the safety of those rules, you will get hurt because that's the assumption the mind has made is if you don't obey the rule, oh, something bad will happen. 
What's not as obvious is if you continue to live by the rules, you are continuing to live with fear controlling your life because those rules are enmeshed with fear. Those those rules are made of fear. There's a fear of breaking them. So we leave them in place just like we leave our fears of breaking them in place. Can you imagine being afraid to cross a street in front of your house or anywhere else the same way we learned as a child? Can you imagine being afraid to cross the street in front of your house because there's not a crosswalk there, there's not a light there? Or because someone's not holding your hand? You're not following those rules of crossing the street? Imagine walking to the end, corner block, anywhere you are, to always use a crosswalk. Even though there's no traffic. Because those are the rules you learned. And not just imagine doing that, but imagine feeling fear and being afraid of someone yelling at you or being hit by a car if you break that rule or any one of those many rules. Well, that kind of fear is the kind of fear we have about so many things. About our money, about relationships, about what other people think of us. And we do so many things to obey all the rules of all the things we're supposed to do. So we don't get in trouble. No one yells at us. No one thinks poorly of us. And we live by so many rules in this library of rules in our mind. What in the book, The Four Agreements, we call our book of law. We live by them for so long. And that we've accumulated so many over so many years. That it's normal for us to live in that much fear. That much tension in our life. And it's so normal. We're so used to it. We don't even notice anymore. When you have enough awareness, you no longer need fear to keep you safe. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example from my personal life. When I first started hunting fears, some of the first fears I discovered. And it was rather odd to hunt fears because 15 years ago, I didn't think I really had any. The question might be, what are you afraid of? And of course, the answer from the amount of self-importance I had was, I'm not afraid of anything. It was a big lie. Let's put it this way. It was a big denial. The lies were underneath it. So, a number of years ago, I left the Navy, and I was kind of tired and burned out. And I was looking for a job, but not super seriously. And I had some time off. And I was exploring my own self and why I was so unhappy and learning about myself and making changes, and I'd started into that process. And I was also taking a lot of time off to go to national parks and hike and camp. 
one of the places I went to was Zion, and that's why it's a particular favorite. It's an amazing place for transformation. But I digress. And so, in this exploration of nature and parks, which I'd never done before, I was having a great time. And one of the stories of the internal dialogue in my mind was, I want to continue doing this. I want to continue doing this for like several more months. And as soon as I had that kind of thought of inspiration, how I wanted my life to be, there was an immediate echo of backlash, of counter-arguments. My friends will think I'm a bum after a while and it's not very responsible. You know, I should go do more responsible things. You know, I haven't got an endless supply of money. The money I was living on, my savings, would eventually run out. And I shouldn't have this big gap in my resume. You know, say, okay, between that job and this job, there's six months or there's 10 months there. How do you explain that? That doesn't look good. And so the counter-arguments were come anytime I thought of really doing this. that I was really wanted to do. And even in the most beautiful of places, in the national parks, as I'm out in nature and I'm having the best of time, I'm inspired to spend more time out there. And every time I'm inspired to spend more time out there, the echoing counter-arguments would come. And there I would be in these beautiful places, having this counter-argument debate in my mind. So my internal world was not nearly as pristine as the external world I was trying to see out to. I realized it was a problem. Some of this internal dialogue had to go. It was one of my agendas on that trip to figure out what I was afraid of and get rid of them. And one of the things that helped me get rid of them was awareness. You see, I would take some of these statements and I would really look at them. And this dissection process is something I teach you how to do through the audio and the self-mastery series. It's one of the aspects of that process called an inventory and how to dismantle these agreements in your mind that are based in fear. But for instance, this one I had, it's my friends would think I was a bum. And I could say, well, I don't really care what they think about me, a counter-argument to the counter-argument. But you know what? If I didn't really care, it wouldn't have come up. So obviously I cared. Obviously at some level it mattered to my belief system, which affected me emotionally. So there was fear there. I was afraid of what they thought of me, even though I wouldn't have come to that conclusion at the outset. But then I looked at 
the whole list of counterarguments that I had of what my resume might look at, what my friends would think of me, the amount of money I had in savings and it dwindling. And I realized all of these are fear and scarcity based stories. My fear is pushing me through all these patterns of logic and proposals of why I should stop having an enjoyable time and go get a job as soon as possible. That's the direction my fears were pushing me. If I took the fear out of the equation, all of these arguments fell apart. It was fear that was the foundation of all this logic of scarcity about savings, fear of what a potential employer interviewing me would think of big gaps in my resume, what my friends would think of me, what my family would think of me as a bum, avoiding responsibility. My inner judge would think of me, afraid of all of that. I'm like, this is a whole pattern of fear. Realizing it was fear wasn't enough to let it go. This fear of what others would think of me. I had to wrestle with it a number of ways until I flipped it on its head. You see, that whole rules of how I should behave to impress or at least act in a way that my friends, associates, professional associates, family would accept me, would respect me, and not judge and react to me. Therefore, I felt better, depended on me acting in a way that was according to these rules. I had to do what I was supposed to do according to all the rules I'd lived by, and that was you know, get a job and a 2.2 kids and a cat and a dog and tricycles in the driveway. That's what I was supposed to do to get respect and acceptance. And that looked like a good reward. That looked like a nice carrot to have friends and family who accept me and respect me. It didn't look like I was doing it out of fear. Until I said, what happens if I don't do it? Well, if I don't do it, which means I don't do what's expected, I go do what's against the rules, I go do what I'm afraid of, which is what I really want to do, which is take several months off and enjoy nature in a way that I haven't ever done before. And continue this inner work while I really get to see nature with less internal dialogue interfering. I said, what if I go do that? Why is that such a bad thing? And therein, the fear pushed the stories of all the bad things that would happen. Disowned, disrespected, not accepted, made fun of, lose these relationships. Looks like a bad thing. Looks like it would hurt emotionally. Looks like, according to the rules, 
in my mind that's projecting this, that it's a bad thing. And therefore, the fear in my mind is pushing me towards, don't go do that thing you really want to go do. Fear is pushing me towards, do the thing you don't want to do, which is go get a job right away. Fear is pushing the logic. The logic looks quite reasonable. Very intelligent, actually, about why it's so much better to not have a gap in my resume. But here's where the logic falls apart, and here's the part that I didn't learn to look to, the layer below the layer. And that was, okay, if I go do this thing that I really want and go enjoy my life, what if they do disown me? Family, friends, write me off as a bum, and I lose the relationships and friendships that I've had. Professional respect. I thought, after the initial emotion I felt, just imagining it, then what have I really lost? Well, I lost friendships that were dependent on me living according to these rules that I didn't want to live by. I lost friendships that required me to be false. That only worked if I was false. It only worked if I was wearing a mask of pretend and wasn't being myself. I quickly realized those were friendships that I could do without. And that if I lost those friendships, I wasn't really losing anything because they weren't really the kind of friendships that I would call friends. And if this is the way the family or professionally they wanted to treat me, then I didn't need those as close relationships. But I only saw this after I looked below the layer of fear. And what I noticed was there was nothing to be afraid of in losing these relationships. And when I turned it the other way and said, well, what do I gain from these relationships if I go do this? What if I gain all this acceptance and respect by living this way, by going and being a responsible adult? I think I termed it at the time. I gain acceptance and respect. Ah, but do I really? when I questioned it. What they will respect of me, what they will accept of me, is this false pretense that I'm projecting. And this false pretense, this mask of a character that I would be living, this is what would get the respect, this is what would get the acceptance, and I would never really be accepted at all. I would be a fraud underneath that. 
all this acceptance and all this respect would go to something that I'm not, this pretense of a character that I'm doing out of fear. That's not really acceptance. That's not really respect. And so all the things that I thought I would gain, that fear pushed me to think that I would gain or that I would need, wasn't really acceptance or respect or anything that be worth having. It would be false. So I gain nothing as far as their friendship when I look closer. And if I lost it, I lost nothing as far as their friendship. And this is what I saw when I looked beneath the layers of fear. This is something I teach you how to do in the self-mastery course on my website. To the different kinds of agreements we have, false beliefs, that sabotage our happiness and the life we want to live and the things we want to do. Rules are good. Rules are good provided you know why we have them. And you know what the consequences are for breaking them, if there are any. And that you give yourself the freedom, the permission, you have the power to break them when you choose. Like crossing the street or doing something that the inner judge in your mind says you shouldn't do even though it'll make you happy. Our minds are filled with rules. All these agreements of how we should be and shouldn't be, how the world should be and shouldn't be, and most all of them are fabricated of fear. Fear is underlying most of them. They may sound very intelligent, but the question is not so much how intelligent and rational it is, but what's the emotion driving it? This is something to be aware of. And if you live by rules, and those rules are meshed with fear, then you might be doing everything by those rules to help you to be safe, keep you from getting hurt. But it's the fear, and specifically the fear of getting hurt, fear of something bad happening, then it's the fear that's controlling your life through these rules. It's the fear that's making the decision for you. One of your clues is if in your logic 
of your stories of justification in your decision-making is if you're imagining a painful outcome and you're afraid of that outcome. Here's your belief system choosing for you, blinding us from free will and free choice. Living without fear. Believe it or not, when you first begin to do it, feels scary. Fear comes up because what you're doing is you're starting to break the rules in your mind and your agreements in your mind about what your belief system says you have to do and have to be in order to feel safe. What will happen when you question this logic is it will be uncomfortable. Fears will get uprooted. It's an uncomfortable path to happiness. But living by this fear-based set of rules, of all the shoulds and shouldn'ts in your mind, creates for a lot of unhappiness. And living without all that fear and those fear-based beliefs and rules, yes, it requires that you have awareness so that you can still avoid the painful outcomes as much as possible. But without all that fear filling up your emotional body, there's a whole lot more room for love. Not just love for yourself, but love for other people. So these are my thoughts on fear. And hopefully, some of this will sink in and break down some of the resistance you have to letting go of your fears. I'll take a moment here to share with you that after dissecting these agreements, this fearful motivation for hurrying up and going and getting a job, and finding out that all the supporting arguments into those conclusions about why I should get a job that were fear-based, when I really looked at the layers underneath, they fell apart. And my whole belief in the fear and the motivation that would hurry me along towards that direction dissipated. And then something very interesting happened. It was two days later when I really noticed the impact, though, because I was driving home from that trip. And I was reflecting on the great time I had for the past two weeks around the national parks in the southwest. And I thought, I want to keep doing this, at least for several more months. And then what I heard was, yeah, that's what I heard. Silence. There was a big gap in my internal dialogue where there used to be a contradicting argument number of months down the road because I wasn't pressuring myself into getting a job based on what other people thought of me and things like that. I did find a nice bit of work 
was a lot more comfortable negotiating my salary and was able to make a better choice about where I wanted to live geographically in that choice and that selection process. Because I didn't have this artificial pressure of fear pushing me to make a decision prematurely. For the actual steps and exercises, I suggest you download and listen and practice the material in the self-mastery course. Those are the actual action steps. Or, for a little more focused work, I also teach individual clients over the phone or come join me on an outing to Zion, to Teotihuacan, Mexico, or at one of the other workshops or lectures I give. Thank you very much. Good luck on your path to happiness in your life. Your life beyond fear. This is Gary Van Warmerdam, also Gerard Van Warmerdam, with the Awareness and Consciousness podcast from pathwaytohappiness.com. Thank you.